Hello, mainstreamers and cinephiles and everybody in between. I'm Bryant. And I'm Caitlin. And Operation Silver Screen is a go. Hello, and welcome to Operation Silver Screen. Our show and our mission is centralized on Bryant and I catching up and giving a debrief on must-see films that we haven't yet seen. However, we also have an additional tasking that comes with this assignment, which we refer to as our bonus objectives. The goal of our bonus objectives is to watch and debrief sequels and remakes of classics and must-see films. Not only will we review these movies, but also analyze it from the perspective of their predecessors. So, Brian, what was our bonus objective this week? If you've been keeping up with our show, we recently did Indiana Jones, and that was anticipation for The Dial of Destiny. Another franchise is once again revived, dug up, much like what Indiana Jones does in this movie. Though, hopefully, it goes better than most of the ventures, and, I mean, Caitlin, you and I are alive after seeing the movie, so it wasn't like witnessing the Ark of the Covenant being open. <laughs> Not quite. But yeah, this, uh, yeah, another franchise out there. I think this is the only, yeah, this is really the only revival of the blockbuster season, at least, unless you count The Little Mermaid as kind of opening up the blockbuster season. Yeah. Now, same thing with our core episodes. We are not going to spoil anything until we get into the second portion of our show. At that time, don't worry. Not going to spring any booby traps. Not going to surround you with Nazis or sub-Nazis. You know, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Why didn't they use neo-Nazis? Oh, wait, never mind. This is set in the past. Scrap that. <laughs> Time-traveling neo-Nazis. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and let you guys know. This film is much like the other films of the series. It's, they have a formula, and it's pretty much the same thing. This time around, Indiana Jones, well, he's older. As you know, Harrison Ford is older as well. He's 82, I think, or about to turn 82. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Still moving. Still moving. Wow, moving. he looks good for his age. He does. He does. And... This time, he gets dragged into another adventure by his goddaughter that we're just now meeting, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Not to be confused with Phoebe Bridges, the singer. Or in my case, like I honestly thought that Phoebe Waller-Bridges was so talented that she was also a singer. I think it's Phoebe Waller's bridge and Phoebe Bridges, but I also thought that they were the same person <laughs> for a good while. I mean, she's, I believe it because she's real talented. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're now looking for another another artifact, an artifact they believe that can manipulate time itself or at least give you like the prediction into time. Now, is this another bedtime story or is this the real deal? And in pursuit of this, they're caught up within a mess of Nazis and being framed for murder. Now, we are kind of, not kind of, we're past the Nazi era now in these movies, but... These are past Nazis. Now these these are the the loyal Nazis. Now not those like former not, Nazis. Yeah, not those posers. You know, like once the war ended, they were like, ah, eh, no, nah, I don't want to be a Nazi anymore. It's not cool. You know, they stuck with it, and not like the hipster mm -hmm. neo Nazis either. When they're just now getting into it, no, no, it doesn't count. This true blood Nazi, like Nazi monkey. I, I I I was so disappointed in the franchise that I didn't get more Nazi monkey. Uh, I was okay without it. <laughs> no, I wanted to like, uh, like it would have been funny. Like he just had like a running, like you know, um, what's his name? Scrap, Scrat in Ice Age. 
Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see that like continuing through the franchise, but would I would not have <laughs> would not see Monkey Adventures. I absolutely would not have wanted that. <laughs> it's all just him and his his little. You know, maybe he finds another little quirky monkey. <laughs> it made me think of what was the other the movie animated movie, the monkey. Yeah, that's the girl. The... Yeah, okay, that's what you're referencing. Yeah, the quirky girl <laughs> and her monkey. <laughs> and this is meant to be the last adventure of Indiana Jones. Now that is kind of hard to tell with these franchises. I think for Harrison Ford, like this is this is it. I think you can really say that with this character because Harrison Ford is eighty three. And especially with an action franchise. 80. I just looked up at it. He's 80. He's 80? Yeah. He's 80 going on 83. He's going to you tr- said 82, but he went up to 83. <laughs> Is he only 80? I, oh, I think he's about to turn in, 81. I think he's about to turn 81 because he was born in 1942. Yeah. I mean, at that point, Caitlin, it's just, you know, they're bunched <laughs> up by threes. Yeah. And with action franchises, too, like it's. Yeah, there's only so far you can continue going on, unless you're Tom Cruise. I'm pretty sure that man is going to go until, like, 100. Yeah. So, unless Harrison Ford joins Scientology, this is really going to be the last Indiana Jones. (laughs) I did hear talk that Brie Larson may be continuing the franchise, which is weird because they have Phoebe Waller-Bridge in here. Yeah. Uh, So, I thought it was going to be... You know, we kind of have this assumption that when, like, a new sidekick is brought in or a new face is brought into a franchise that they're they're going to be the one to continue on the franchise but we haven't seen that in a while i think that failed so many times hollywood just said we're not gonna try it like we're not gonna force it anymore yeah like i feel like there was a lot of like setup like the matrix and then like it didn't get another sequel so yeah yeah the matrix oh there was another one oh the predator sort of Try to try to do something similar. They just try to continue it on with a face. Now, Caitlin, were you excited for this movie? I'm guessing so. Ha 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 ha. Uh, no, I was not. Absolutely not. I am not a big fan of this franchise, and you'll definitely see that when you watch our uh, Temple of Boom and Raiders of a Lost Ark episode and what I uh, graded those. But I did watch the last crusade since then and i did rewatch crystal skull which was actually the only indiana jones in its entirety that i remember watching because i watched it in theaters as opposed to like the raiders of the lost ark that i watched as a child um but yeah this isn't my franchise it's it's just not for me and i was not looking forward to this new one at all i thought you were about to say crystal skull was the only one in its entirety that i enjoyed I was like, ooh, we're starting off with the, the controversy <laughs> right off the bat. Like, just losing all our listenership within the first 10 minutes. I like it. And after seeing that, like, well, they premiered this film at Cannes. And that was honestly a very bad place to premiere this film. And the review bans have been, like, lifted for a long time. So reviews have been coming in and coming in for this film. And it's kind of hard to escape it. And what I was seeing wasn't necessarily great glowing things. So I really didn't have much hope that this was going to be different from the rest of the franchise for me. I'm, I feel the same way. This, this really isn't my franchise. And even if it was, it's, they do the same thing over and over again. I told myself that I wasn't going to do what we did like before with Halloween 
trying to think of the oh scream which wasn't too bad but watching the complete franchise like within two weeks and this one just texas chainsaw massacre was still oh that one was the worst actually i don't know i don't know i'm torn between if it was this franchise or texas chainsaw that was the worst for me oh i want i want to say that no texas chainsaw was way worse halloween was pretty bad too i'll put halloween halloween took more out of me than this one i loved my halloween run (laughs) yeah i know you do but not i i did find some things to be excited for in this movie though yeah because i was the same way like i didn't have much hope for this film and the can like it premiered at cans which was really weird but now like seeing how influential the first one was in pop culture like i see why it was at cans but yeah the reviews never i heard like middling things yeah now there there were some things though that I was like, all right, hopefully this is good and I can enjoy this, which is you have the director of this movie who was also the director of Logan, mm-hmm. James Mangold. And, you know, I, I love Logan. And part of that reason that I love that movie is because of the direction in it. So I was like, oh, man, maybe, you know, he can bring something like that. And maybe he can also, like, bring some influence to the script as well for, as he did for possibly did for logan i think he's like so i was wondering that but i think he's pretty far down on the list of writing credits so i don't think he really contributed too too much for script no 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 but i feel like when director's there like he may say a little something like hey man you know it could work out like this but god dang this has a lot of writers i'm i just now looked at it it does it has the now i just saw something else that i could have possibly got excited for david Coet is one of the writers for this and that's the writer of jurassic park Mm -hmm. and another movie we're going to be doing mission impossible yep and then some other movies i really didn't care for Hmm. but he's a you know he's overall he's a good writer competent writer yeah he's a busy writer yeah yeah uh then you have phoebe waller bridge who i love i was interested to see like how she would work in this i've never seen her in a blockbuster before but I love her performance in Fleabag, and I love her writing in Fleabag. Fleabag's one of my favorite TV shows, and really, honestly, I wish she was just writing season three and not this, but uh, I'm I'm glad to see her doing something like this, and I thought it'd be interesting. And then this director's boy, uh, Boyd Holbrook, I was interested to see. I like him. He just doesn't have a lot of roles yet, but mm-hmm. I feel like he's been on the rise. He He has been leading yeah. some projects as well. And he's been in TV shows, too, as a villain. He plays a villain very often. Which is why it was interesting to see him in Vengeance. And he did a great job in Vengeance. Yeah. And, like, he played a, a good, like, comedic and a little bit straight of a role. So I was like, all right, maybe maybe this stuff will be good. You know, maybe maybe I can find a little something that I can hold on to during this movie. And, Kayla, what do you think about the franchise? So we finished the original trilogy with... uh. The Cape Crusader, and I'm gonna call it, keep calling it that. The Cape Crusader, and then the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or as you texted me one time, the Crust Skull. <laughs> the Crusty Skull. What What do you think? You You already kind of told us a little bit, but you're not a fan. Yeah, I I'm just not a fan of these films in general. Um, obviously some of them I like better than others and there are some of them that have sequences or scenes that I do enjoy. 
so they're not completely devoid of of fun i guess you can say for them but i just i i don't i just am not a fan i don't think there's any of them that particularly stand out in its entirety as something that i would enjoy or i would consider an excellent film i think that a lot of times the direction is good not in all of them but a lot of times the direction is good and the action can be good I mean, you have Steven Spielberg there directing, so it's almost a given, but then, I don't know, it's, there's some decisions that I just don't get, really, with the performances, yeah. one in particular. It's very, they're very cheesy. They're very, very cheesy movies, and for some people, that's going to work for them. I'm just not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that acting style. I'm not a fan of that kind of storytelling, uh, and I mean, like I said, it, it's, it's going to work for some people. It just does not work for me. Yeah, they really kept that up as the franchise went. And that cheesiness kind of works at first, especially because it's the 80s. Like, we kind of expect it. I told you when I was watching The Last Crusade, I was complaining about a lot of things. And then I found out the movie was made in 1989 and, 19, and not 1999. So I was like, oh, my bad. There's, there's some things I can actually excuse for this. <laughs> but yeah, they don't progress with this film. They're very, they're very safe for the most part. Yeah. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't, I, this isn't my franchise. I think I have more enjoyment than you do. Uh, I think there is some fun to be had and there are some good scenes, you know, when it comes to the, the temple running. I think the temple running works the best. I think all those scenes, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah. Is there anything in this franchise that actually works for you? There's going to be something. Is it the whip? The hat? Uh, so what works? I think that sometimes, not in every movie, but sometimes the, like, the puzzles in the, and, like, the, the riddles and all that kind of stuff trying to uncover to find this treasure or whatever they're looking for, that works when it works for me. It doesn't always work in every film. Uh, sometimes the puzzles are very simple to the point. They don't make any sense. It happens. But when it works, I, I do actually really enjoy that aspect. And I think that's part of what reminds me of like the video game aspect of well, like Uncharted, like Tomb Raider. Um, I think that there can be good action sequences in this. And yeah, I like booby traps. The booby traps can, can be fun. As long as it, like I said, there's, as long as there's a smart way that they can get out of things. I like when the films, they do occasionally do something that's kind of smart. And that's what I appreciate about the films. Again, I agree. I, yeah, the boot traps are the the best part of this movie, and I like the the temp again the temple running. I think it can be really clever sometimes, and then also I just I think it's fun at the same time. Like it's again, you know, it's, it's being a kid and jumping around the house and trying to recreate this. I think it's still you know I'm not doing the same thing now after watching this movie. I'm not running around my house right now. Okay, I'm <laughs> you know not like Harrison Ford and. Yeah, honestly, that's probably, I, I, yeah, I just think that there's some fun. Okay, there is some comedy that did work for me, especially in The Last Crusade. There is yeah. some comedy that works for me. So I like the tone for the most part when they can yeah, keep it. I think that other than Temple of Doom, which I think overdoes in the comedy, I do think there is often a good balance. I like the body count too, honestly. For a PG-13 movie, PG for the first two, it has a high body count and people will get taken out in some right. 
I was going to say, you're going to need to be a little bit more specific when you talk about body count in Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's really true. Um, deaths, uh, the henchmen, the henchmen that get taken out. They get the henchmen and um, not even just them, the antagonists. They a lot of them get destroyed or melted, literally. So I think you know they they don't really shy away from that, and they have some pretty good kills. Yeah, like you, because you kind of wonder, like, what would have happened if Indiana Jones didn't escape that in time? And they said, "Well, we'll show you. Let me take this henchman. We're gonna put him over here, and then smash." Yep. I also like the the Wilhelm scream in the films. Like, obviously, when they started it, I don't think it was intended to be quite as funny as it was. But I like that they kept it up with at least having one Wilhelm scream per movie. I think I didn't notice it was in every movie. Yeah, it's in every movie. Probably because it was getting drunk. The only screens I remember in this is Kate Capshaw and Indy. Indy. <laughs> now, let's get into the longer portion of your list. What doesn't work in this franchise? Ethnic stereotypes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes John Wick look tame <laughs> when it comes to ethnic stereotypes. It's it's really bad. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, xenophobia in these even when i don't think it's trying to be mean-hearted there's just it's just, just a lot of ethnic stereotypes i also don't like our villains i'm so tired of nazis i'm so tired of nazis and i don't like films like this that focus on nazis because it just makes them this comedic villain and it doesn't take it seriously instead you know these are real life people who did real life uh, atrocities and it just really makes light of that, and I, I don't appreciate that. And I'm just tired of it. It's just comical. It's not very well thought out. Same with uh, the communists. Same with, you know, any any of these villains. They're just a stereotypical cartoony villain. Wait, what what issue with uh, ethnical stereotypes that John Wick have? Ha. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just what... Like, literally every single villain in John Wick is an ethnic stereotype. Okay, so that's what I thought you were talking about. But then, I don't know, like, so how do you feel about cyberpunk? Because, like, each race is kind of like their own thing as well. I feel like they're kind of their own... Like the video game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so cyberpunk definitely has its issues as well. But the, the f interesting thing about cyberpunk as a genre and also the game, of course, you know, they're trying to make a society that has this more globalization to it and there's actually like snippets in the game that you can kind of learn more about that like why there is such a strong latino presence in this world um so it, it, i don't think that it's all stereotypical like i don't think that jackie is a stereotypical latino character um and i, I just don't think that they all fall into these like two-dimensional stereotypes i think they do their best to give some character to them uh does it have issues uh, some yeah it does but i think that they at least are trying in the world building whereas here they're they're really just ethnic stereotypes who are also just meant to be cannon fodder yeah cannon fodder or they're they're just to chase away the protagonist or to kind of step in between the protagonist and the antagonist yeah and it's it's not just like it's not just brown people though that's also true you mean you have the arab markets you have the savagery latinos you have the the crazy foods of the indians and temple of doom but you also have you know the stereotypical russian 
communist mustache twirling characters you have every german's a nazi i mean it's it's everyone <laughs> yeah this is much like a early golden age comic book mm-hmm. even when it comes to the nazis like this is kind of how nazis were handled in the comic books when comics were made to almost be anti or pretty much uh anti-fascism anti-nazi propaganda or i don't know if you call it propaganda I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Indiana Jones, I would definitely say is American propaganda. Absolutely. Yeah, the the stereotypes are bad. I don't think some bother me as much. It's weird because I'm trying to think. So those like type of people do exist, right? Not indigenous people with primitive tools. I mean, like they did exist at one point. Uh, not how, not in the ways in which they're portrayed, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would just say, like, yeah, it's, I don't think the mere presence is, really offends me as, as- I think it's extremely offensive, and especially the fact that indigenous people did exist during that time, do exist now, and are not like that at all, and were not like that during the time period that these films were set. And, and the thing is that it, they're just not developed. None of these characters are developed other than Indy himself. And like I said, it's just a means to an end. It's just a means for Indiana Jones to have someone to fight. And that's really it. They're just plot devices. And they don't need to take any other care in establishing them. Even like I said, the villains. The villains don't need to have really complex plot. It's just they're Nazis. What else do you have to say? And, you know the thing with the Nazis, like I said, like these are actual real people who do atrocious things, but we don't ever see any of the actual victims from the Nazis in these movies, right? All we see is Indy and how he's painted as a hero against this, but all of our rest got ignored. So you can you could really replace Nazis with anyone else and it would still be the same exact movie. Any of these people, you can replace with any other group of people and it's still going to be the same exact story. It's not going to change. Yeah, I think with the... Even with the indigenous people, you can change out for anybody. Honestly, they don't need them for any of these films. They could just have the Nazis continue chasing them. But they want to show, like, oh, man, there's somebody guarding the caves, and they dedicated their whole life to making these traps and these tools to fight against you. Yeah, it's really just exoticism and putting Indiana Jones, this true American, in an exotic world and making him seem out of his element. It's, so it's it's a plot device, but it's it's exoticism, and it, I don't think it really works for today's world when we know that, you know, we have more commonalities between us and the other places in the world than what I think was in the American consciousness at the time that these films were created. When I was saying, like, I'm trying to, like, gain, gauge how I feel about the portrayal of the indigenous people. I know it is offensive. My thing is, I just, I keep forgetting to to look up and like see how far like distant it is from the actual portrayal, which I, kn- I know is going to be a big difference, but I've always wanted to see how big. But I'm thinking about now the mummy. The mummy had, you know, native people in that movie guarding the temple, but they were also super cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's, you know, if they did more with the indigenous people, like if they actually had lines for one, mm-hmm. if you gave them a little bit more development, then yeah, you can still have them guarding the temple and playing some role in the movie, but they yeah. don't. That's the thing. Like these were intelligent people, so like to just reduce them to like this savage, you know, non-human type entity, uh, particularly with the indigenous people, it's just it it, it is offensive. Um, 
but like I said, I, I understand why that feeling of exoticism came in during that time. Because like we said, this is kind of American propaganda film. And I don't think that Spielberg was in a position when he first made this to really examine like themes of colonialism that this, you know, directly benefits from. And yeah, but I don't think that it really holds up to today's standards. Also, with Crystal Skull, they they come in for no reason. To the mm-hmm. point that you also have to ask yourself about the logistics of what's going on. Like, you, yeah, you go down a rabbit hole with those. I say, speaking of colonialism, one thing I did like, even though we know, obviously, that taking artifacts from a different culture and putting it in a British museum is just another aspect of colonialism, I did, however, like that his... Uh, ideology at least in the last crusade and onwards was okay i want to get these artifacts so that these rich wealthy billionaires can't have them and i want to put them in a museum where everyone can can enjoy this and learn from this i did like that aspect of indiana jones and his character but i don't think that was as much in the earlier films no other than him just screaming it i i do like that too i just wish there was more development with it and Mm -hmm. that's going to get into Another thing that I don't think works in this franchise, but I'm going to say first that the Nazis, yeah, I'm done with the Nazis. And I didn't mention last episode, but now watching this franchise, I think this is, I think this franchise is the reason for a really good joke in Rick and Morty. When Rick, he keeps, uh, his body keeps dying, but he has his mind transferred to another body, but it gets like the wires get crossed and he keeps ending up in a different multiverse. And like every other multiverse that he's he ends up in is like filled with Nazis, like it's under the fascist uh, regime. And he just Mm. goes, it's like by the third one, he's like, when did fascism become the default? Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, there's there's no development here. I know we're so like with this conclusion of the franchise, man, we're, we're seeing this character in his old age and. I don't feel like I really know this guy. Like, I don't, mm. I yeah. mean, it's, I'm not really seeing anything with him because I spent the last four films with the same character. Yeah. And it, it, he has an interesting story and they don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Like we see a slight development, I guess, in Crystal Skull with when he kind of becomes more of a family man. But yeah, I guess we'll get into that more when we talk about the new one. Now, how did you feel? I, I want to talk a little bit about Crystal Skull. Just a little bit. Because Crystal Skull is not just the big, uh, the big controversial one within this franchise, but that's just like one of the most controversial movies out there, at least for, as far as like fandoms are concerned. Yeah. Like I think people dislike that movie as much as they disliked The Last Jedi. And I think that... Like this, this was early. This was 2008. So you know the social social media and internet culture was not what it is today. And you know we we see it a lot. Fan uh, purist fans, like we see that mm-hmm. constantly now. But I feel like back then, you know, it was something that was kind of new. And I think that's why like everybody heard about it. But how did you feel about Crystal Skull? I definitely didn't like it when I watched it. Um, so this came out kind of during an alien craze at the time. So, like, I remember being like, oh, aliens again. 
Like, I feel like Cowboys and Aliens came out that time. There's some other ones uh, that came out during that time. So I was like, really? And then also, I think not really having a strong background of Indiana Jones when I saw it, I don't think I realized how much like the zany and supernatural really came into play in Indiana Jones movies because so that kind of took me off guard. Although even still now, I feel like Aliens is, you know, it's a, it's a step in a different direction than uh, The Last Crusade where you had like immortal beings with um, uh, melting faces, guys taking off, ripping out people's hearts. Like obviously the supernatural elements are all still there, but I think Crystal Skull took it a step too much um, outside of the realism and like the real life relics. Like, you know, before he was looking at real life relics that had these like lore to it. And now it's something completely different um, into that, like supernatural of a worldly direction and I, I just feel like it just went too far. Also, this was just a stereotypical requel. You have uh the new character, his son, uh Shia LaBeouf, you have return of old characters. Um yeah, so I just didn't I feel like it was more of your stereotypical requel. I think so. I think it was more of your stereotypical requel before that really became well, no, during this time, it was a big thing, too. This was kind of the first wave of requels. You, mm -hmm. But for the most part, we were getting horror requels. I think Texas, Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre came out around this time, and Nightmare on Elm Street within a five-year period, I believe. Uh, also, Evil Dead came out um, like five years later. But with this, I, I, everything in these films up to this point was biblical. And I know the aliens was the biggest like turnoff for people, and they said it, you know, it strayed too far away from what it's really about. And for me, I'm like, I, I don't, I, one, I respect you going out and doing something new, but at the same time, I think this end, like the ending of the film, just falls apart, and they end up really not doing anything cool with the aliens. Yeah, this is another one where it could have just been. Honestly, Indiana Jones didn't need to do anything this whole film. And the same outcome would have would have occurred. Uh, I know the refrigerator is a big turnoff for uh, people, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, man, there's been so much ridiculousness in this franchise. And honestly, he probably had the same probability of surviving in that refrigerator that he did falling out of a raft from a a crashing plane, <laughs> which is yeah. zero percent likability of living, and there, there's some other ridiculousness with these these films. So I don't think like I don't I don't think the film itself was really a, that offensive to the genre. I mean, to the franchise, especially when mm -hmm. other films have so many problems anyway. Yeah, and they all have a lack of realism. It's the nostalgia goggles people have for the first three. Yeah, they do. Yeah, like, yeah, nostalgic uh, goggles, meaning, like, they they remember the film as just being that great, spectacular thing. Yeah. And it isn't. It There, there are some, there's some issues. I Now, granted, I do like the film, uh, and I see why people love it, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's without its flaws, and that it's this real serious movie, and it gets every step right. Uh, also, the, because another... I forget what I saw first. It was the South Park episode or this movie. Because that's also what I remember hearing during the time is about the South Park episode. And I was into South Park during that time. And throughout the years, I've been on and off. And that episode, 
I tried watching that episode again. That was a rough episode to get through. I actually skipped a little bit of it. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I know no. you probably haven't seen it. Yeah. So it's literally in the film, they're talking about George Lucas and Steven Spielberg raping Indiana Jones. Oh, jeez. But, but like, so the, the boys, they're trying to report, like, this rape that they did to Indiana Jones, basically just destroying this movie. But it's, they have scenes of, like, literal rape that's parodies of other movies, such as um, the big one with Jodie Foster and the pinball machine. I forget the movie's name. Uh, also, Poison Cry. But it's real explicit, and there's three of them. I, I skipped through the third one. I was like, I, this, what is this? Uh, and I remember watching this as a kid, too. Uh, and I, I definitely didn't laugh at the time, but I don't think like it offended me as much as it, like, or as that was hard as to watch then. When I say a kid, I was like an older teen. But I, I did watch all the parts where Butters and Cartman trying to stop the, the Chinese army within, like, P.F. Chang and Butters just kept shooting people between the legs. But anyway, I digress. I, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was like literally George Lucas and Steven Spielberg raping Indiana Jones. You know, I, I think. And I, th- I think it was one of those things where, or at least I would, I'm skeptical if it was just bandwagon. Everybody jumping on the movie at that point. Yeah. But I think it's gotten a little bit more love more recently i've seen some people come out and say oh yeah i actually like crystal skull i'm like okay <laughs> i don't fully believe you but all right <laughs> i don't i don't mind it the problems that i have with that movie are pretty much the same problems and the same yeah. amount of problems it may not be the same problems as the rest of the franchise but they all have like around the same number of problems except temple yeah. of doom that is probably like uh folded Oof. ones yeah what about this movie what did you think of this movie um I will say I I think that it had pretty good direction. I think that it was a good action-adventure movie, and it had good car chases, specifically, I really enjoyed. But it it went on way too long, and I was really bored by this. I'm really bored by this franchise, and I think that's, like, the big problem. Like, if it's bad stuff, but I'm still entertaining by it and still engaged that's one thing but this franchise because it's all just the same thing over and over again i just get so bored i get so bored with it that is something that works in this franchise that's another one i add that works the car chases yeah there are some good car chases yeah the first one has a really good one the crystal skull actually has a good one i like crystal skulls Mm -hmm. and then there was another one i was watching uh him fighting the tank was pretty cool it wouldn't work like that but pretty cool and there was another one this film had a good one with a little tuck tuck Mm -hmm. yeah now the plot for dial of destiny it was kind of all over the place for me it it didn't really work and there were some some things and revelations that just it just didn't really make sense to me and i didn't really understand motivations of different people uh i I did enjoy Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I don't know that I fully understand the purpose of her character other than being the new sidekick and possibly maybe a new legacy character if they wanted to go that route. Uh, I mean, not new legacy, a new character to continue the legacy. Um, But I think she had some good moments. She had some good scenes. Um, Like I said, it's a good action-adventure movie uh, if you enjoy that, but it just goes on too long for me to, to really be that fun <laughs> this movie is too cock dang long 
Way too long. This is two and a half hours for no reason. For one reason that really isn't a reason. And that's because it's the final outing. It's like when we get, you know, the double in length special for a TV show. You know, they're like, hey, it's the last one. We're going to put all put all our money in it and we're going to, you know, we're going to we're going to double it. But it isn't because they want to, you know, they just want us to stay in there longer and just witness all of it. It's because TV show is shorter. So, you know, you, you make it twice as long. It's still only an hour. You know, we, we're, we're getting to the point where, you know, I think Game of Thrones was like near two hours or something. Yeah. But at least like they're, well, I don't know about Game of Thrones, but the other ones, like th- there's a progression of a story that they weren't able to meet before. And the problem with having this two and a half hours is it's the same progression as the other films. Yep. So there's this constant loop in the film, in this franchise, the way it works. Indiana Jones goes searching for an artifact. He finds that artifact. Then he gets captured by antagonists who are usually Nazis. Okay, They have him just uh, transcribe something. He escapes, goes after the second artifact because the first one was just leading him to the other one. And then the individuals show up again. Uh, they may either escape or go with them to the final place of the artifact. And then artifact does its you know magic or non-magical thing. Mm-hmm. And the movie's done. This movie does... They add in another loop and a little tiny loop. So you just, it's so repetitive. And yeah, it's boring. It is. It's so boring. It's it's boring and then it's repetitive. So, you know, we got loops and spirals here. (laughs) And that, yeah, that was the biggest thing. I don't think I felt a runtime that bad in a while. And granted, I was super tired, but no, it's, it's too long. Like just putting it down on paper, there was no reason for this. That was that was probably the biggest offense for me. And again, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've seen this, if you've seen any of the movies before, it's the same thing. It yeah. really, it's there's nothing new here, which is a shame. It's like, man, this is your guy's final film. You're not trying to make a franchise off of this or anything. Just go all out, you know. Make do something new. Why not? And okay, so my issue too is this was Indiana Jones' big send off. And my issue with Indiana Jones throughout the franchise is that he's just not a very complex character. He's very two-dimensional. And I think part of that's because they want him to be this American hero, James Bond type. I haven't seen enough Bond movies to see if, if James Bond is just as flat. But but he just doesn't have very many emotional arcs. Or if he does, they're added in there, but they're added very softly. It's nothing that you're going to get real emotional about. And so, like, with his send-off, like, you, he has uh, this arc, I guess you can say, this emotional character arc in this film, but it still felt soft. So it didn't really give you that triumphant send-off at the end. And at the end, it really, not to talk about the ending yet, but the ending really just fizzled out for me in that regard as well. James Bond is, is about as flat, if if, yeah. if not flatter. Yeah, his character arc, all right, this is, I'm getting tired of this. We've seen this in requels and remakes, remakels, and- The divorce. <laughs> he's an alcoholic. Well, first, he's old. He's an alcoholic, or at least he's older than we last saw him. Alcoholic, mm-hmm. and, and no, no, I'm not catching back up to him being alcoholic. I'm saying it three times to really drive home the point like this movie does. And like you say, he's divorced. He's retiring. He's grumpy for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like I actually ended up not liking his character. His character gets a gift from the school. And like, yeah, you know, it's kind of 
going with the motions, you know, like, hey, it's your it's your final week or whatever. We're giving you a gift. Yeah, it may not be that sentimental, but they're still doing something for you. And then he just gives the clock to a homeless person. It was actually a nice clock. Yeah. And his it was apartment a very nice it. clock. Sorry, it's not an archaeological find, Indy. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, sorry these people just gave you a job and let you continue teaching something that you love. So <laughs> it's like, oh, man, now he's so grumpy. And, oh, he just made the character unlikable. Uh, there's another cliche here. Oh, speaking of that, and, well, first of all, he's always been grumpy. But I feel like when he was young, he kind of came off a little bit, like, roguish, which people, like, I, I mean, I always thought he was annoying and grumpy. But... It did seem even worse here, a little crankety. But another thing that irritated me was there's a scene where he's like teaching and it's supposed to be like, oh, look at this new generation. They're so lazy. And like no one's nobody did the reading material he assigned. Everyone's just spacing off in class. No one wants to answer anything. And I'm just like, has this writer been to college? <laughs> like people actually do their work in college. <laughs> Or at least if they don't know the answer, they'll, you know, they'll try. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Because you pay money to go there. So if you fail. Yeah. Because it wasn't like. like these... he, he was like, it was like assignments due, getting prepared for the final. Like they were doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they bother showing up. You don't have to. It's not like public school. You don't have to show up. Yeah. Especially it was like everybody kind of took off because it was moon day. And this isn't just a cliche for these legacy sequels this is a cliche just for that old cranky person in films Mm -hmm. and you just give them all these flaws so that the writer can just stomp that bar into the ground so any achievement that they have they're already above it you know if we see them smile at any point they consider that an achievement and more so they consider that development and you have three writers on this and nobody could have thought of anything better, because honestly, that's just that's just lazy writing. You just like give them all these flaws, and then we'll have them do one simple thing. You know, we'll have them do something selfless. We'll have them lighten up a bit, and bam, we'll call it character development. There, there's other things you can do. There's other problems that old people have. Also, you can have interesting, happy people. You can have interesting couples. So many yeah. movies and TV shows, especially anime want to like they don't want to work with a couple they're like they got to no. be separated like that uh, drives me crazy and i know you know marion you know the actress she may not be able to you know go on another adventure i don't know like what her you know what what, what she's physically capable of right now and that is asking a lot of a lot of a person even harrison ford but you could have still had her in here more you know it, it didn't need to be the divorce so that yeah. and it's just it's just a boring character. It's, it's not it's not any fun watching this person, especially when it's something again that you've seen so many times. And yeah. I know you know we we talked about the director here, Van Gold and Logan. And yeah, Logan was kind of the same way, but Logan was always an alcoholic and grumpy. But there was still a, there was still more to his character. And I don't know. There's there's other things that they could have dealt with, like maybe just like the. Indiana Jones morality, you know, in, in comparison into, you know, what he's been, what he's been doing and, and finding these, these artifacts and what he's seen. I don't know, something, something other than this. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like even with Crystal Skull, like there was never any, 
like he never had to reconcile with the fact that the government was taking these objects and, and doing what they want with them that even though he was trying to do good like it still just ended up in a government warehouse why, why you know you have the first three movies being so biblical why why not have him like he's nearing the end of his life why not have him question what's after life I mm-hmm. thought they could have had an interesting conversation about that, about like the afterlife. Maybe they could have gone for an artifact that shows you or makes some type of proof that there is an afterlife. Yeah, that would be cool. And what was I about to say? Yeah, this adventure, what they go after, I mean, it again, it's the same thing. We're not going to see what this artifact actually does until, you know, near the, the final third act. Now, this movie opens up with just some, just, again, setting the bar of they just don't care when it comes to the action scene. First, we get a CGI young Harrison Ford, which is actually when it first appeared, I was like, all right, we're getting a little better with this, but they stayed on it for too long. We, we yeah. started having some more scenes with him doing things, and I was like, ah, nah, something's wrong here. Because I think the main <laughs> issue is there's no micro expressions. There's no micro movements in the face. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big issue for me in this film uh, and not just in that moment so like well first of all that part with young indy goes on for a long time it's a very long opening and so you're stuck with this this uncanny valley character for a while and then you have some cgi moments of harrison ford on a horse and i remember that was a talk when the trailer came out and i don't feel like they really fixed it because there's some movements that just look very odd uh, on this horse when he's like turning and stuff and you're like oh yeah uncanny valley and then it kind of got to the point where even like real people looked weird to me because like phoebe Wallerbridge came on screen and i'm like did they de-age her because she just didn't look real to me i mean i guess it's good for her if she looks you know that good i don't know but something i don't know i think they had to have done something with her face to kind of like smooth out her features because nobody looks like that in real life <laughs> Okay, I did know, notice her face was uh, a little bit smoother. I thought it was just the makeup, and I know that she has a, uh, I, I guess it's a mole on her forehead. So I don't know if they're trying to cover it up a little bit with the makeup. Mm-hmm. I know like the way she wears her hair is to uh, cover it up. But, yes, yeah, so, yeah, I did notice that when she walked in. I was like, man, her face is smooth. Like yeah, porcelain. like I really thought they de-aged her for a minute, but then like she kept going on. I was like, okay, maybe not. But like that first introduction, I was like, am I just used to seeing these CGI characters so nothing looks real and like my mind's just really messed up right now? Or were they just really trying to go for some glamour shots in the beginning? I, th- I think they were just, yeah, going for glamour shots. I think it was just the makeup. Now, when I was saying set the bar low, it's not with the CGI. I Now, a pet peeve of mine is explosions without any like inaccurate explosions no shrapnel Mm. fiery explosions a bomb goes off and indiana jones is the only one unhurt and is completely ridiculous like it makes no sense what just occurred and it's the first big like moment in this movie the first big explosion so they just kind of said hey man we don't care like he's not not a scratch on him not a scratch Caitlin? See, I was just like, whatever. After the whole refrigerator incident in Crystal Skull, I was like, he can survive everything, (laughs) anything at this point. Yeah, but I feel like today, especially with, I think there's more attention to detail with fight choreography and action choreography. Like like right now, they've been talking about, there's been more push 
to have stunt doubles or stunt work into awards, into into national awards, into the Academy Awards even. And with this, they're like, no, this is the reason why nobody cares because we just there's just nothing to it. Now, the biggest offense in this movie, okay, like I I about want to just straight up drop a whole letter grade down is that somebody who should have been decapitated not only doesn't get decapitated. I was like, all right, fine, yeah. cool. They didn't lose their head. They're on a train and they get they're they're on a train, they're holding on, and there's like a light pole or something, and that person hereditary style gets just smacked <laughs> in the head. Yep. Just gets knocked out. That person shows up later. I was like, okay, cool. You know, maybe they're gonna have like that Phantom of the Opera mask, you know, holding like maybe maybe they have like a dent in their skull, maybe it's kind of broken up, maybe their eye is like a different color or something. That person shows up like nothing happened. Like there's yeah. th- there's nothing that man doesn't even have a stutter. There was no brain damage. I don't even think he got a headache after that incident. <laughs> and th- th- that's not a nitpick. Okay, that's that's just straight up like not caring. Th- yeah. That makes it made no sense. And I thought they were gonna do a red skull or something later where I was holding out the whole film, wondering like, is he the gonna red take skull? off his Yeah, I thought he was gonna take <laughs> off his face and show like I don't know, or like this whole time it was I don't know, like a little miniature angel or something holding it up. I don't know. And and that goes into the villains too. These are such boring villains, not even just for being Nazis. I was upset because Boyd Holbrook got to pretty much do nothing. Also, yeah. I think him and the director have like a Bruce Campbell, same Raimi uh, kind of relationship where they just beat mm-hmm. up the actor, Boyd Holbrook. Because he doesn't <laughs> do too much in Logan. He gets kind of slapped around in Logan. And he gets slapped around in this movie. 80-year-old Harrison Ford knocks out this 30-year-old man, this 30-year-old bodyguard. And we don't see like Harrison Ford in the beginning doing push-ups or anything like that. Like, it doesn't look like he's been trying to keep up in shape. No. So he j- and everybody's got glass jaws in this movie. And yeah. Harrison Ford is not going to either that or he just knows where to hit a man. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we had Mads Mikkelsen in this movie and he's an actor that his choices frustrate me. <laughs> his choices really frustrate me because he, you know, he, he gets on these big franchises. The same thing for Doctor Strange. And I think there's been some other ones as well. And he just plays... Not a very memorable character or a very good written character. And it's just like, why do you keep taking these roles? But then he'll go and he'll do another round. You know, he'll do uh, Riders of Justice, I think was the other one he did. Where it's like, it's like a small, smaller indie film and he's just excellent in it. And like, I'm like, can you just do these all the time? I mean, maybe these are his money makers and that's he's just saving for so he can do these smaller indie films. Uh, I don't know but I hate seeing him in these movies because I do like him as an actor. That man must have like five or seven dependents, five or seven <laughs> people that he's out there feeding or he's got some big plan. Like he's like his, you know, like the family's about to lose the farm. He's got a whole country out there yeah. or something that's depending on him. Now, when I was watching this though, he kept smoking a cigarette and I wondered if it was like a, um, Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin situation where like it's in his contract that he has to be able to smoke on set because I know Mads Mikkelsen is a heavy smoker. Oh, is he? Yeah. It could have been. He's like, hey man, it's like, how long is this movie? All right, yeah, I gotta smoke. (laughs) Which I wouldn't blame him. 
I wanted a smoke. I don't even smoke, and I want to <laughs> smoke. <laughs> yeah, if you think he was wasted in Doctor Strange, oh, oh, he's so wasted in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the other characters? Did you like the the new protagonist team? Uh, like I said, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Sometimes she worked with me. Sometimes she doesn't. She had some good scenes. I didn't really fully understand her character or her motivations throughout the film. I, and as long as a film that it was, I feel like it should have gone more into that. But like I said, they like to hold its punches on character development. She was spunky. Sometimes she was annoying. Sometimes it, it was fun. So I, I think I had mixed feelings of her. And as for our kid character, Teddy, I, I it wasn't... He grew on me as it went on. Uh, I mean, he was definitely there to be more than just comic relief. He's not just a cute kid comic relief. And he actually does something that, uh, was useful at the end. So I I guess I appreciated that. I mean, Kihei Kwan was useful as well, too. And Temple of Dune is probably the only competent character in Temple of Dune. Uh, but this kid was a little bit more snotty. (laughs) That kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Yes, I didn't mind the kid. I don't really think he had... Quite much. But Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I did like her. Like I said, I'm already mm-hmm. a fan of the actress. Her character, you now thinking about it, so her big mo- motivation was money. And they say that about seven times in the movie, and I just thought about it. Yeah. Holy crap, all that time that we spent with her just saying the same thing, you could have you really developed the character. Yeah. They never explain why she needs the money so bad. She ne- it doesn't explain like if it's really for the thrill of it one thing i did like with her character so we don't really get a lot of in in all the movies before you know we get indiana jones he's the the smooth the smooth talker the ladies man the Mm -hmm. the womanizer he he doesn't do that in this film and the film doesn't try to make us think that these like 20 year old women are out there fawning over this (laughs) uh 80 year old man though i'm sure harrison ford in real life you know that that's possible yeah, yeah, she's not a Bond girl in this. No, I, I appreciated that. But they did sort of a role reversal in this movie. She's the unfortunately we don't really have many words for this in our society yet. We need to start working on that, especially with all the new slang coming in right now. <laughs> I don't know if there is already one, but she's like the the manonizer, the yeah man woman. I don't know what a what, a, what you call a woman who's a like what's the ladies man? Would it be a man eater? Yeah, it could be a man. I don't know. Man eater. Oh, sounds, that sounds a little bit dated too. That's yeah. like Nelly Furtado area. <laughs> it also sounds aggressive. That sounds like a woman who, like, she takes advantage advantage of men. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a succubus situation. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think that she's malicious. She just is. You know, instead of a ladies' man, she's a man's lady. <laughs> That's what I was saying. A man's lady. <laughs> But but it was it was cool to see. I, I like that. Yeah. You know, show that like, hey, you know, like it's not just men out there looking for romance. She has a couple scenes, and I think if it really fit fit with her character, I, I wonder if she has some kind of influence on the script when it came to that. Because Fleabag is much like that. Fleabag mm-hmm. doesn't have any yeah. kind of shame. Like it does talk about her problems when it comes to sex and using it for different. Uh, reasons when it comes to mental health but other than that you know it doesn't there's no shame to it yeah i think the main thing that kind of 
where she annoyed me at times was the acting and I don't think it's necessarily her as an actress I just think that's how these movies are and I mean I guess James Mangold was trying to stay true to the originals because the originals has cheesy acting um it's just the style it's just the style of acting that are in these movies that I just don't like and so when you added that to her character it, it sometimes it was a little grating yeah, th- this was just... Now, I saw that people are really enjoying this, though. Uh, not so much with the box office. The box office was not what they expected. I think it's a po- another yeah. possible flop. And I do want to talk about the box office, but I'm going to save it for our next episode. Part of the problem with that, too, is just that it was such an expensive film to make. And it looks expensive. The- there are some huge set pieces in this. Mm-hmm. And some of them are cool. Like, the horse... Yeah, it, it didn't look the greatest. Like, for me, it just felt really slowed down. But I was like, this is a cool-looking shot. Yeah. Like, just all the confetti falling down, the parade of people, the the literal parade. That that was all cool. And wait, how much did this film cost? Ooh, a lot. <laughs> really? I can, I can say those set pieces were huge. Uh, while you're looking for that, I'm going to mention that... Uh, the people are liking this. This has an 89% last I checked on Rotten Tomatoes when it comes to the audience rating, which I, I'm ha- I'm happy. Like, you know, I don't ever go into a movie hoping that it's bad. I want to enjoy my time, especially if I'm spending two and a half hours with it. And, you know, I, I have the things that I love and, you know, I'll be saddened if they were, you know, if, if they were mistreated or they were just a failure. Uh, and also, you know, I want people to have a good time. So I'm glad people are enjoying this more. It seems like fans are are liking this more. So it's about three hundred million. God dang! Yeah, they yeah. ain't making their money back. A little bit lower, but I think at the box office it's been like sixty million. Domestically, I'm yeah. not sure about international. Sometimes international can come in for the win. It, it can, but for an Indiana Jones movie, I wonder will they? I've been surprised before. Hmm. Which, why why do we always say the domestic first and not the international? Like, I know we're, I mean, I, I know we're center-minded as a country, but honestly, I don't... Like us or, like, websites? Websites, reporting. Okay. They always report the domestic, and I'm like, well, that doesn't tell me anything, like, when it comes to making their money back. Okay, so it's $130 million opening weekend with, with, with uh, domestically and uh, about uh, 70 internationally yeah they're not getting their money back Mm-mm. no because yeah you mission possible is going to knock them out next week yeah that's thing. it's like it, it I mean yes it's opening weekend but mission impossible i mean even still you got hype for barbie and oppenheimer like the thing is that like not everyone goes to the movies four times a month so i mean movies are expensive so like if people are choosing what they want to see this month it's, it's probably not going to be that old destiny no, and again, we talked about it before, if you have kids, it's, man, you, you really got to pick and choose. And I think with this movie, I think the fans of this movie, I think there is going to be a second wave. I don't think this mm-hmm. is going to drop too bad. Granted, I think people were going out to the movies yesterday afternoon. So, like, I had, I told Bryant, I had a bit of a conundrum with this movie because I was going to see it yesterday afternoon. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but that would have been 
July 3rd, so right before Independence Day. So I think a lot of people took off and wanted something to do during the day. So, like, I wasn't able to see it because tickets had sold out. So I ended up seeing it at night, and last night, theaters were dead. So, you know, I think a lot of daytime crowd people might be seeing it uh, this holiday weekend, but we'll see. I think there's also going to be a wave of hesitant fans now that this Mm -hmm. has decent word of mouth, because that's all I needed was decent. And it being the last outing was like, well, it's my last time to see Indiana Jones on the big screen, and it is a decent movie. Let's go ahead and go out and see it. Now, the movie is long. That I think that's going to turn people away, uh, yeah. especially knowing that this is Disney, and hey, I can catch this on streaming at some point. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one that people could take their kids to, uh, which they might not with other movies coming out this month. But like, do you want to have your kids sit through a two-and-a-half-hour movie? <laughs> Yeah, again, that's why Spider-Verse and Elemental went back up mm-hmm. over The Flash. So, And then, again, you have another PG-13 action film coming up that does, I talked about before, you know, Indiana Jones kind of got, it, it started up really the action adventure genre, but it got overshadowed as well. And I think one of the franchises that has overshadowed it, you know, as far as action is, may not action adventure, is Mission Impossible. So, yeah. I, this film is too long, is boring, is repetitive. The villains suck. Matt Mickelson is wasted. There's no character development, you know. And, and when I say character development, I'm not saying I need a, you know, I need a tear jerking arc or anything like that. I just need something with the character. Maybe it's not just a lack of character development. There's just a lack of personality and just a lack mm-hmm. of anything else going on in this film aside from these action pieces that aren't that great. So and, and also a cliche, again, we already have a repetitive movie of things that we already seen in this franchise time and time again. Now we get a repetitive older character. Yeah. So I, I was I was bored throughout this film, but I think there is some fun that could be had, but I'm not going to urge anyone to see this. And honestly, you could wait for streaming. Yeah, you definitely could wait for streaming. And like I said, I, I don't fault James Mangold. I mean, I'm still excited to see what he does next i think that the direction on a lot of these scenes were good and i don't like the direction of the acting but i can understand why it is the way it is oh another thing this movie is so safe god dang this Mm -hmm. movie is about as safe as a child in a life jacket in swimmies in a floatable tube in a puddle this movie, I, I, I completely grabbed everything I said. The reason, like, all that stuff happened is because it plays it so safe. Like, the, the alcoholism with Harrison Ford character, that's probably, like, the most unsafe thing it is. But still, that's, you know, it's not like he's going around smacking people around. You know, he's not, he's not showing up. Because, you know, he's the, he's the safe alcoholic. You know, he, just, he has a couple of drinks, and when he drinks, he just sighs heavily. Like, that's his yeah. only symptom. It's not he's coming into class, falling over, you know, falling asleep. Like, uh, you know, he just doesn't start cursing in the middle of class. He's not, you know, sitting there beating on somebody. No, it's just uh, life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another one, bartender. The drink ticket yeah. the man. God dang. Ah, this movie. It almost got me angry. <laughs> <laughs> it was close i was too bored to be angry <laughs> I, I think that was the thing too i was like there's, there's nothing that can like there's no there's no spark for me to get angry Ugh. but i just don't want to be here i hate i hate being bored in the movie theater 
Like, if I'm bored at home, like, okay, whatever. Let me multitask, look at my phone, <laughs> do I, something. I still won't look at my phone, but I'll, I'll pause the movie. <laughs> yeah, pause. I'll go get another snack. <laughs> I'll go get another snack, sit down, and then maybe I'll get on my phone for a little bit and then get distracted for, like, five minutes and then turn the movie back on. But, yeah, like, you can do something. Mm-hmm. But in the movie theater, like, you're just stuck there. <laughs> now, when the movie ended, did you get up right away and walk out? Or yeah. did you sit Okay. I noticed I, I was, couldn't do it. <laughs> I was the only one to get up right away and leave. I don't know if everybody I, okay. was sticking around for a stinger. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And there was another movie recently where people were just sitting. And I was like, maybe it was Spider-Verse. I'm not sure. Spider-Verse didn't have an end credit, did it? No, it didn't. Uh, I, but so, I could see people waiting for that one. Yeah, maybe it was something else that didn't make sense for it to have an end credit. But I was just like... Like, I was, like, questioning myself. I was like, is there an end credit? Like, I always check on my phone. As soon as the movie's done, if I think there's going to be an end credit, I look on my phone, I Google it. Is there one? Yes, no. Okay, let's leave. <laughs> I'm not waiting to find out. I used to do that, and now I I don't care. Like, I really yeah. do not care. I, I guess that's, like, one way you can tell somebody's just a veteran moviegoer. So once the movie mm-hmm. ends, they're like, yep, gotta go. Like, I'm out. <laughs> no, yeah. I, got, I got things to do with it. Because... Stingers aren't. I don't like stingers. And the the same, because there's no enjoyment. It's just seeing like what's next. It's just a preview of what's next. I can look that up on my phone and have it tell me, yeah, yeah this thing is happening. Yeah, we're never fulfilling anymore. What's that? We're never fulfilling anymore. No, and they're always the same thing. We got to talk. I thought you'd be here. <laughs> Person who we thought were dead, silhouette. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to say about this movie while the spoilers are down? While they're Nobody in case have a lot to say when the spoilers are up. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I don't, I don't have anything really, but let, let's get into it. All right, guys, go ahead, watch out, and we are going to be bringing in spoilers now. If you haven't seen this movie and you don't want to be spoiled, hey, stop, go out, see the film. It sounds like Caitlin and I both recommend to spend two and a half hours of your day to watch this. And if you don't care about spoilers or you already spent the time and saw this movie, you contributed to that $60 million uh, box office win, I guess you can say, the domestic, then continue on through. Or if you just don't care, continue on through. Again, there's not, we can't spoil anything. You've seen this movie if you've seen an Indiana Jones film before. Like, as soon as this movie starts up, you already saw the end. Now, I would say there is a little something different at the end, like, how it actually happens but you know the end mm-hmm. all right before we get in our in-depth opinions of this caitlin let's first talk do, do you feel that this movie was needed wanted at least welcomed or was it pointless uh <laughs> i mean i i think that most of these sequels are pointless um yeah i i didn't really want it i mean i'm sure that you know, the older generation who really, you know, took a liking to this film. I'm sure they wanted it, but for me, I don't think so. And watching Crystal Skull again, it kind of already give Indy an ending, right? Like, end of Crystal Skull, he uh, he has his family now. He he finally marries Marion, settles down, has a son, um, gets to be a father like his father was with him, except, you know, a little different. But so that kind of ended it already. So having this again, it was like, oh, what? what's the point? 
and then it didn't like i said it didn't do anything really that conclusive for me for indie because there wasn't enough of a character arc there so i don't i, I just don't i don't really see the point <laughs> i think it was wanted i think you know this this is one of the most influential franchises out there it's one mm-hmm. of the biggest pop culture icons as far as movies go and harrison ford is nearing that age where he's not going to be able to do a film like this. He's probably mm-hmm. already actually past that age where he can do a film like this. Uh, which, by the way, a lot of respect to him for that, you know, mm-hmm. for coming back in. Uh, these these movies are never easy. And I know that he really enjoyed working on these movies, and that's something that I, I am happy for, that they brought him back instead of doing a, another, like, a, a remake or something with someone else. Because I know there was talks about, like, a Chris Pratt remake, which I was just not interested in. Uh, so I am happy that they did bring Harrison Ford back. Yeah, same, same. So I think, like, hey, man, we can do one more of these, and now is the time. So, yeah, I think the movie was was called for. I, honestly, I think this one was called for. Not really for me, but for the other people who are fans of this franchise out there. And this may inspire some of the, you know, later generations to go back and check out at least the first movie. No, just just even the talk about this film, I think, is going to make people want to check out the first movie. And I think the mm-hmm. first movie is something that, you know, should kind of that should stay within like the film talk circle. I think it is something to be preserved. I think it's isn't it actually preserved in the National Film Registry? I believe it's it is. Yeah, so it's. I I actually think this movie was called for. Doesn't mean I uh wanted to be there for it. You know, I just kind of wanted like to high five it on its way in, but I wish it was. I wish it was good. I think these movies could be good. I I like action adventure films. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, where do you want to start with the spoilers? Uh, I will say before that I do have a confession. I did have to get up and go to the bathroom at one point in this film. <laughs> oh God, dang it, Caitlin! So what are you gonna <laughs> tell us about that adventure to the bathroom or? What, what did no, you, so, where were you at? I could fill you in. So you don't need to fill me in. And this is the part that irritates me. Yeah, that's true. You don't true. need to fill me in. Because when I left, they were like, all right, we're going to go to Morocco and there's going to be a black market or whatever for auction. And then I came back and it's like, oh, look, they're in, the black, they're in Morocco and they're starting this black market auction. <laughs> like I missed nothing. <laughs> did you see the return of Salah? I don't know who Saul is. He's the one. Oh, that- yes, 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 I did. I did. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what you missed. Either you I, peed I really fast I- or really nothing happened. Like, I imagine, what I imagine, there was a montage of a plane driving to Morocco. And that's probably what I missed. <laughs> that's what I imagine what happened. <laughs> that and the villains talking. Not talking about anything. Just The movie just wanted to remind us, like, hey, don't forget there's villains. <laughs> like, uh, oh, now, they were so boring. Uh, Okay, now talking about villains, I had a hard time wrapping my head around their motivations and what was going on. I actually uh, like the motivation. I I, I don't know. Because I, I t- took me a bit to understand why the CIA or whoever was working with this guy. I mean, he obviously didn't outright say to the U.S. government that he was a Nazi, but he was pretty sketched. So I don't know why the CIA was working for him. And I actually did like that girl, the the female, I wouldn't call her a villain, but she was working with the villains. 
She didn't know that she was working with the villains. She was yeah. just doing sketchy CIA for the greater good type deal. But I didn't understand what the American government's motivation was in trying to find this dial and teaming up with this guy. Other than he helped with the moon landing and they felt like they owed him. No, they didn't owe him. They just wanted to they they, they wanted to achieve something else. And he mm-hmm. said like, hey, I can get you this clock and it does, you know, it's, it's going to be able to give you even greater power. So, of course, the CIA was like, yeah, let's get our hands on that. Uh, so they're like, you already sent us to the moon. Now we can go ahead and get our hands on this clock. Yeah, but I feel like they went along with this villain plot for longer than I they expected. Definitely eventually, did. yeah, like eventually we're like, okay, we're we're cutting ties because you kill people. I'm like, yeah, but you kill people. That was a long time ago. That was an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I mean, they did arrest them, but they sucked at it because mm-hmm. they just let the one dude wander around the plane like it was nothing. Yeah. Uh, no, I did like Mad Mickelson's like reasoning for wanting to go back in time. And I wish that was something that was talked about more. Yeah, so let me clarify to make sure I understood it correctly. Because like I said, this, I just kept not fully grasping what the plot was. Uh, was his plan to go back, kill Hitler, because Hitler is the reason why the Nazis lost, and so he could bring in the Nazi empire and have it, you know, last longer in the war? <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. Which I like, it was, it was somebody, like, he is a former Nazi or still a Nazi, but he says, man, you know, the Fuhrer did it wrong. We we could have won the war. It it was different, but I don't, I wouldn't say I liked it. <laughs> I liked it, but I wish there was more to it. When he yeah. finally said it, I said, why didn't we establish this in the beginning and explore this a bit? That's actually, it's actually not bad. Like maybe he can talk about what he plans to actually do, but no, they did that thing where they wanted to hold it on till they get that plot twist moment. Till the film's mm-hmm. almost done and then have him say it and we all go, gasp. But yeah. then there's no there's no screen time left to do anything with it. So what, you wasted 45 minutes just to give me 30 seconds of shock. Yeah, and the thing is that like in the prequel part of the film, he kind of seemed separate from the Nazis in a way. So, but then like he went full on nationalist later on. So I felt like there was some kind of, something with that character and how that character was portrayed that just wasn't coming across to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I got it in the beginning because he does he does say something about like we're losing this war, the Fuhrer's losing this war. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, he's going after this this artifact, this lance that's not going to help him out. What we need really is this the second half of this clock. Mm-hmm. So I, again, it could have been a interesting character, and then they just smacked him off the plane, and he, God dang, that bothers me so much. <laughs> so much uh how did you feel about the the traveling back in time and where they ended up okay so i am glad they went back in time compared to the alternative because i was watching this i was thinking you know something i do respect about this film is that it never really tried to get indie into the modern day and then i had a fear as soon as i thought that they're not going to take them into the modern day, are they? Because <laughs> that's just full on stupid. So I do respect that they went back in the past. And I think that there started to be an emotional moment where it's like he spent his life work trying to understand history and understand these cultures. And now he has a chance to be there. And I, I kind of did appreciate that to a degree. 
Um, maybe if they played that up a little bit more. But I think it's similar to Crystal Skull where it's like they went a little bit too far, in my opinion, with the supernatural fantasy elements. Whereas the first three movies, they were definitely there. Uh, but they were slightly more subtle. <laughs> I thought he was going to go into the future as well, which maybe could have worked. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. If he ended up in like some futuristic library, he's like, there's even more history to explore now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would have been like, kind of cool for him to stay back or stay forward. But it was, I don't know, it was just kind of weird. And again, it's... I mean, I feel like when, especially with a final outing, you you really, you kind of have a plot that coincides with the development of the character. And and this didn't have it because we don't have a character. So the whole going back in time and ending up in the Roman times, I don't think anything was was really done. Like, w- what came of all that? Like, yeah. he, he I, saw I don't, the history. Yeah, I don't feel like the Archimedes dial was well enough explained its significance as an artifact uh, and what it meant to Archimedes because I think it was hinting that you know that this was Archimedes way of getting help for their society and and like it felt like it just wanted to do stuff that it just didn't do and it was weird how abrupt the ending was for this film with how long that we spent getting to that ending It, it really just fizzled out for me it does I want to say on like the the level of just making no sense at all as Crystal Skull did, but yeah, the clock is not explained too well, which is why I like that it didn't really work. Because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. good that it didn't really work because I wasn't understanding what was really going on with this clock. So I'm glad to see that the characters of the film didn't understand what was going on with the clock. Mm-hmm. I, my biggest issue with that whole them ending up in the past was Boyd Holbrook taking a machine gun and then just firing down upon these boats. It, it didn't make any sense. Is this Stupid the main objective? <laughs> is this the main objective right now? Like, I feel like Dumb there's a bigger villains. things. And then also Matt Mickelson trying to grab the plane and turn it around. Like, how does that work? With What? Yeah. I, I wouldn't do that for an automobile that's on the ground, much less a flying aircraft. Yeah. Or aircraft. Uh, what was another thing? He wasn't also, also, he wasn't a particularly smart villain. Like, he's supposed to be this scientist and everything, but he kept making mistakes. He kept, like, not looking too deep into things. Yes. Yeah, they, they it was more of their, they said he was smart than actually showing mm-hmm. him. Because you can't have him yeah. too smart because then he'd be ahead of Indiana Jones. Yeah. What did you feel about the ending with uh the reu- reuniting? Uh, if we had a little bit more of Marion earlier in the film, maybe it would have a little bit more emotional resonance. I, I did like the callback to their scene in the first movie. It's like, where does it not hurt? And I'll kiss you there. Like that kind of scene. I think that was sweet. A little silly. <laughs> it's definitely cheesy. It was cheesy in the first film, but it was it was a nice little callback. Uh, and of his love interest, Marion's definitely the one you would want him to return to. Uh, and I liked Marion. So, it's fine. Like I said, I just wish there was a little bit more, you know, the reconciliation kind of came out of nowhere. And I wish there was just more to his his growth. I mean, really, you get a moment on the beach where he's like, or on the Roman Empire, where he's just like, what do I have to go back to? And then it just solved like that. 
<laughs> there's nothing, you know, there's no real development. There's no real, uh, it's just, uh, just, just emotional. They tried to just put in these emotional moments in this film. And they just kind of like shove them in. They'll give them a line here or there. And you're supposed to go, oh, but they really don't do anything. They don't do anything at all in this film. <laughs> they don't. And while I think the reunion was sweet, it did feel more like a a scene for, for fans. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like it was part of the story. I'm not saying it felt disjointed. It just, nothing really brought us here. Nothing was really settled. Again, he smiled. Bam. Character mm. arc right there. Done one good swoop. Now, I did like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge knocking him out because I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, just knock this old dude out and carry him back if you're so concerned. And then she knocked him out. I was like, okay, I'll give the movie some points for that. Uh, Other than that, yeah, I don't don't have too much to say. Uh, You have anything else for spoilers? Uh, no. Like, okay, so going back to Vending real quick. Like, it could have said something, like, about how this is this archaeologist that is always doing adventures, is always going out trying to look for the best new thing, but there's, he has to come to terms with being okay with with aging, with being sedentary with where he's at, and finding his happiness that way, but I don't, like, that would have been his arc, and then he could go back to Marion and be present with her instead of being off, you know, doing whatever he wants to do, or longing to be off doing these adventures, but it just, it, did, it didn't have it. <laughs> it didn't have it. No, no. What would you give this on a letter grade scale? Um, I'll give it a C minus. I'm going to go D plus. Okay. Surprised I went lower than you. Uh, the only thing bring up is the car chase scenes, so it could be a B minus. <laughs> I mean, the car chase scenes and the set pieces is what brings it up for me, and, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge... Uh, that's what brings it from a D to a D plus. Mm-hmm. Where do you rank this film within the franchise, though? So ranking, let me pull up my list here. One second. I feel like my my list is definitely gonna be different than yours. I think. Okay. Hmm. Maybe not too different. But I think the last time I said that, you said something crazy. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> never mind. I ain't with you. Okay, so bottom of the list, Temple of Doom. Uh, I, I talked about that extensively in our other episodes. So if you want to hear about that, go check out that episode. But I, I, I just cannot stand that movie. <laughs> Second to last is going to be Crystal Skull. Number three is going to be this one, this movie, Dial of Destiny. I'm actually going to put Raiders of the Lost Ark as number two and Last Crusade as number one. And... Quality-wise, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is the better film than Last Crusade, but I did have a little bit more enjoyment of Last Crusade than I did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Quality-wise, that's no question Raiders of the Lost Ark is the better film. Okay. I'm going to do Temple of Doom down at the bottom, of course. Like, that's probably the, really the film of this whole franchise that is just bad just throughout. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to do Crystal Skull and above it, Dial Destiny. But it's close and I keep going back and forth because the runtime, at least Crystal Skull was shorter. Uh, But yeah, I mean, and both movies are safe, but it comes real close. And I think it's maybe it's more the performances in the 
Dial of Destiny and I think also the ending, like the ending of the, what's it called, of Crystal Skull, just it just fell apart. Mm-hmm. Like what? What is this? And then I'm going to go. See, we're actually not too different because I am not... going to put a Last Crusade second. However, mm-hmm. I had a more of a fun time and more enjoyment watching that one. But I do think Raiders of the Lost Ark is better. I think it's more consistent. And yeah, so we think exactly the same thing, but yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we're thinking exactly the same thing. I just, <laughs> I'm just putting that. Yeah, I'm just switching it around for me. Yeah, yeah. I, so yeah, we weren't really too different with that. That's funny. Uh, and I'll be, God dang, Crystal Skull. I may say was better than this. And honestly, it may be a little bit of fear to say that I liked it more. Uh, I I don't I I can't do that because I could not stand Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Shalabuff was really bad in the beginning. Um, yeah, I don't think we have anything like we kind of have more wasted characters than misused characters in Dial mm-hmm. of Destiny. But yeah, Last Crusade actually really. Uh, we I texted you and I said I'm I'm about ready to walk out of my living room. Yeah, so that's why I was surprised. Yeah, well, it turns around, and I think and that's why I said like Raiders of Lost Ark for me is more consistent. Like I didn't have any yeah. of those real drops. Once, yeah, let's say that prequel part. The prequel's awful. It is awful. I've never seen so much jamming of origins in there. <laughs> this dude calls out, like you would think this is a parody, if not for the time. Mm-hmm. He calls his n- name out, Indy, Indiana, Indy, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, <laughs> Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, all right, I get it. The man's Indiana Jones. We find out how he gets his whip, his scar, which I didn't even realize he had. I did have a good laugh at those fake giraffes, though. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how he got his fedora, how he got his jacket idea. I thought that guy was going to come back or something. But uh, you know who also I liked in this? Sean Connery. Yeah, I did like Sean Connery a lot. I didn't think I was going to like Sean Connery, and I wasn't expecting him to be like this. He was actually, I wish he got to stick around more during his acting career. I wonder if he has anything else, like, comedy-wise as well, because he was actually yeah. good comedically i had yeah a, he was i had a big I had laugh. some laughs yeah i had a big laugh when it's like how did you know she was a nazi she talks out <laughs> of sleep <laughs> yep <laughs> oh my gosh i died and the face he like looks at him with <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they they work well together they have some great chemistry and they, mm-hmm. they did work like father and son uh i also i won't say i love but i was in love with um Elsa in that movie. At first I was like, eh, you know, this is kind of just our alluring blonde dame. And then something kind of switched throughout the film. I don't know what it was if I stared in her eyes for too long. But yeah, I, I fell in love by the end of the film. I didn't realize she was in RRR. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, she was the uh evil white woman. Uh she yeah. was the yeah. <laughs> she was the queen, which I was kinda Sad like it looks like she had a lot of plastic surgery done. I would have liked to see what she looked like naturally growing up. Mm-hmm. But you're about to say something. Yeah, I like this is one where the puzzles kind of work for me, like the riddles of how to get through the tests. I enjoyed that. Uh, I could have gone without the immortal night at the end, but oh, the, <laughs> the only thing I like about that is it reminded me of the, of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, the immortal night. I don't know what that was about. But I like how the one puzzle 
like he's supposed to duck, but he also has to do a roll. It's like, wait, why was yeah. that second portion there? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that one did feel like it had more puzzle solving. Because I think before they yeah. even get to that, I think this is the one where I kind of followed it a little bit more of how the puzzles were working. Yeah. And this is where they kind of bring in that the the native people trying to stop them from getting the Holy Grail, uh, which didn't really make too much sense. And I think the mummy did it better, even though, you know, it came afterwards and obviously got its influence from this. Was that in that one? I was, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking of Crystal Skull with the Peruvians. No, because the, the Peruvians, they were like the native, like the indigenous people. But in this movie, they had like, they had a brotherhood, like they had uh, the tattoo and everything. Oh, yes, yes, guns. yes. Yeah, so that reminded me a lot. That's of what you're movie. talking about. Okay, yes. Yeah. I, I was confused when you said native people. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't want to say indigenous because it wasn't like they were indi- indigenous, like they were like really born there, but it is like yeah. they, I don't know. They may be yeah. na- uh, indigenous, they may be native. I think if you're indigenous, I, I you're native like anyway. I did like the like brotherhood kind of element to it of like a secret society to protect it i did like that but it didn't go very deep into it also what was interesting was harrison ford manhandling uh elsa (laughs) during that i don't know what that was about oh no he's an interesting guy (laughs) yeah he's yeah man it was uh different times different times but i was kind of like indy can we not fall in love with the nazi woman i i didn't blame him i was like you know what hey we're all different. Let's just learn to accept each other. Yeah. You're a Nazi. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a patriot. I don't believe in any of the things you do. You believe in genocide. I like to sit home on Sundays and watch a nice movie. Hey, sure we can work past this. But I think that was another example where it's like, these aren't real Nazis. Like, we do not take them seriously. And that's, I think that's a problem in itself, right, for film, is that we just don't take this seriously and then it's why like neo-nazis and stuff can can be more of a danger because we don't we trivialize things that are really uh significant it's very serious things and i think this example this film franchise is a prime example of that yeah because nazis just become an insult and Mm -hmm. yeah you call some yeah it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to call anybody a nazi or communists. Uh, I think now terrorist still has its weight, but other than that, no, because we ma- we made fun of that. We believe that it's gone. Yeah, and they don't really do any true evils, right? The only evil that they do here is they search for artifacts against they burn Indiana Jones. They don't, yeah, they burn books in that one at least. But you know, other than that, there's no there's no mention of anything that was real or anything that the nazis are actually about they don't talk about that at all in any of these films but they're your main villain someone did have a comeback that was that was good they said they said indiana jones mistake was something and he said yeah your mistake was invading poland yeah i I did see that that was a good one Uh, but yeah they don't they don't talk about genocide they're always like the fuhrer we got to do this for the fuhrer the hitler Uh, because that's Mm -hmm. who that's the ultimate bad guy that's the final boss but again it's just yeah it's a cartoon he's the the guy in the the spinning chair the swirling chair i mean it's kind of like if you had like a movie that was about the clan fighting the clan but you never mentioned that the clan's racist (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't mention the genocide. They don't mention any kind of yeah racism. They don't even mention being a superior race. They just mention Hitler, Germany winning. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Ugh, I hate it. I hate these movies. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want more? So, <laughs> I hate this franchise. Caitlin, do you want more from this franchise? <laughs> no, I, I don't, Brian. <laughs> done. I'm done. I don't ever want to watch these again. Uh, I had an awful time. <laughs> I hate this. I think I would sit down and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade, but mm. the other stuff. Okay. Also, Crystal Skull, I do like the whole ant scene. I liked that when I first saw the movie, and I liked it again. It's still dope. The ant scene. Yeah, when they but did you not watch Crystal Skull? I did watch Crystal Skull. When uh they they crash into the giant ant hill, and the ant hill just starts eating people like the scarabs. Oh yeah, okay. Now Shia LaBeouf swinging through the trees. That was ridiculous. I don't know. Like all of the creature scenes are all blending together, and of course, Dial of Destiny had creature scenes too with the freaking eels, and I hated that underwater segment because I was like, I cannot see anything. <laughs> It's like this lighting is so bad. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why he's stuck. Like, ugh, bad. It's supposed to be dark. I can give it that. But I'm supposed to be like, oh no, but terrifying eels. What are they gonna do? And I'm like, I can't even. Like, I just don't care. (laughs) Don't care. Well, the eels were water snakes. Ugh. Okay. That's pretty. That's another thing, man. This movie just it it hits all of the notes. Uh, they, you know, they, they're like, like, did they like grab him by his ankles, flotsam and jetsam style and just like drag him into the boat? Like I was like, I, I can't see what's going on here. <laughs> it, it just, yeah. Uh, I don't know. either. Cause also we have that scene like where there's always like a bunch of bugs or rats. Like there's just a pile of them. Mm-hmm. We, we get that scene again. We get a big henchman who we'd never see actually fight who was. God damn, man. I know he's big. That's not a personality, though. That doesn't make him interesting. That makes him interesting for, like, two scenes. Yeah. I will say his drowning was a bit wild. Yeah, I did not expect that. I did not expect that at all. I was like, ooh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I was like, also, is anyone going to talk to this child about that? Because he allowed a man to slowly <laughs> drown to a death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. I don't want more. I'm I'm done. Like I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch Raiders of the Lost Ark again. I'll watch Last Crusade. No, actually, I'll be more uh, excited to watch Last Crusade with somebody. But, yeah, I'm I'm good. You know what? Harrison Ford is done. I'm done. Yep. Until, you know, we, someone picks this up again and we get Brie Larson or whoever. And then, yeah, we got to... At least we don't have to watch all the films again. Yeah. <laughs> actually, no, they're probably not going to do it since they're uh, failing at the box office. They're not going to make their money back. Yet. Eventually, it's going to happen. <laughs> Are they? Nothing I'm... stays dead. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Because Pirates of the Caribbean, I know, like, they had one fail, and then they're still coming back. But the thing is, like, did any other films in this franchise make, like, buckets of money? Like, did Crystal Skull... If Crystal Skull was a huge success, like, it was a it was a true, true blockbuster, then, yeah, I could see this coming back. But if Crystal Skull did all right, I don't see this coming back. I see it coming back, but not as a film. I see it coming back as a series. Oh, as a series? Which there already is an Indiana Jones series, a young Indiana Jones series. But right. I, I see it coming back as a series. Oh, no. Not Disney anytime Plus series. soon, but I think eventually it might. If Disney Plus can get their, you know, their stuff straight with the TV shows, because they're not doing well. No. At least with Marvel. 
yeah, it's most likely we'll get this back in some way. Somebody will do something with it. Maybe an animated Indiana Jones adventure show, like a kid's show. That that could be interesting. Mm. Well, if you guys, uh, you know, super mad from what you just heard, you're offended, <laughs> you're, uh, you're just filled with rage, then let us know. I, I want to read some rage. No, it, it gives me more emotion than what I've seen in these five movies. And there's a great place you can do that. There's a great place you can hone that all in. Caitlin, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Op Silver Screen. On Facebook, we're at Operation Silver Screen. But Twitter and Instagram, that's Op Silver Screen. You can also find us on our personal letterboxes if you want to see what else we're watching throughout the week. Maybe take a look at some reviews of films we don't get a chance to talk about on here. You can find Brian at Swank Seal. That's capital S, capital S. And me, you can find me at Coffee Spoon Kate. That's Coffee Spoon C-A-I-T. Till next time, we'll be in HQ. I'm Bryant. And I'm Caitlin. See you.